Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. As the media keeps sinking in the polls, some would blame us for driving up their negatives. Yes, Tom Brokaw said that about us in the Bush years. There's some Brent Bozell's driving up their negatives. But the media has destroyed its own credibility with Americans. We at Newsbusters are just exposing it. Liberals never accuse the media mutterers on the left with somehow destroying journalism and democracy along with it. Media outlets should have the thickest skin in America, and yet they're often the very touchiest of Americans. Now, one thing I like to expose is the complete lack of debate on the Week in Review segment on the PBS NewsHour on Friday nights. Oh, it's years away now that we had the glory years of Shields and Gigot. They had Paul Gigot, at that time a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. He was more soft-spoken than many of us. Um, He could state conservative views in a PBS-friendly way. That was the golden era. That was the glory years. Before him was Shields and Gergen. Talk about worthless. You think think of David Gergen as the one representing the conservative or Republican point of view. And now we've got, we had Shields and Brooks. Now we have Capehart and Brooks with David Brooks of the New York Times. Now I understand that David Brooks at one point was with National Review, the Wall Street Journal editorial page, the Weekly Standard even. That's not who he is now. It's David Brooks of the New York Times. So what you get on PBS NewsHour on Friday nights is the fierce leftist viewpoint and the milk toast leftist viewpoint. So for example, last Friday night, Jonathan Capehart was freaking out about how now we're living in the handmaid's tale patriarchy after the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And everyone needs to vote out the Republican patriarchy. And Brooks was like, um, I don't think abortion's going to move the needle much on the midterms. It's really the economy. But what really stuck out to me on this particular occasion was the fill-in anchor William Brangham, or Brangham, claiming that on this case of the 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio who went and had an abortion in Indiana, he claimed the Republicans were the ones who were trying to make hay of it. Democrats seem to believe that this could be one of the things that might give them at least some trace of a fighting chance in the midterms. And we saw this week this sort of horrendous case of a young 10-year-old girl who had been raped. She got pregnant. She was then had to leave her state and go to another state where abortion would still be allowed. And uh, GOP officials tried to make hay of it. They doubted that that story really existed. The local AG said, we're going to go after the doctor that performed this. Do you think that that issue and the extremity of the way that this is being handled will actually benefit Democrats? Excuse me? The Republicans were the ones to make hay out of it? This started with media jerks like Dana Bash on CNN 
throwing this in the face of Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, pushing and pushing and pushing and shaming without a rape exception for abortion, you're making this fourth grader carry a pregnancy to term. Now, Nome did a decent job of sort of fending this off by turning it around and saying, well, why don't we focus our outrage on the abortion or on the uh, on the rapist? Why aren't you focused on the rapist and not on the child? And she was like, oh, yes, of course. You know, but th- this is the game. A pro-abortion journalist like Dana Bash is all about shaming and shaming and shaming. And they have no shame about killing the baby. There's no shame for that. At any point, for any reason, there's no extreme. And yet the Republicans are the ones making hay? Now remember, on the Sunday that Dana Bash brought on Christy Nome and pounded and pounded and pounded and pressured and tried to make her embarrassed. The next interview, a few minutes later, Adam Kinzinger. And Dana Bash told him her son would like him describing the Trumpers as armpit farters. You just can't make this up. On CNN, the GOP get the thumbscrews and the Democrats just get the thumbs up, dude. So back to William Brangham. He, he asked this twice if this rape story was going to help the Democrats. The wishful thinking was just smeared all over it like too much goopy frosting. Because he asked Capehart if it's going to help Democrats. Then he turns around to Brooks and he says, this crystallized the sharpness and the horribleness of this division in this country. Oh, shut up. PBS gets up there and gets high and mighty about division. Oh, the horribleness of the division. While the Republicans are making hay of it of everything and it's the handmaid's tale. If you're putting on this handmaid's tale baloney, then you don't get to lecture about being divisive. This is where Brooks was like, eh, this is not going to redound to the Democrats. Brangham said, do you think this will redound to the Democrats' benefit? Brooks was like, eh. Brooks can sound somewhat sensible or centrist, but only on the state of play, not really on the morality of abortion. He's all down with the morality of abortion because it's PBS. You couldn't have half of the debate on the PBS NewsHour be pro-life. You can't have half of the PBS NewsHour be pro-Republican on anything or pro-conservative on anything. You couldn't get somebody on that half of the PBS NewsHour stand up for the flag. We all know PBS, you know. It was it was terrible. Bill Moyers, many years ago, was doing this lecture about, well, it's terrible they make... People wear flag pins. It's like Mao's Little Red Book. Oh, yeah, right. Then there was the reliably liberal, reliable sources on Sunday. Our Sunday man, Kevin Tober, and I were both tweeting the video and denouncing this clip at almost the same time. Stelter was in the Fox News shaming, as he often is, talking about how after it was confirmed that this child had been raped, He said, in the last four days, I checked closed captioning. In the last four days, MSNBC's talked about abortion three times as much as Fox. Well, this should not be surprising. Because Fox News is squishy on abortion. Fox News has been eternally squishy on abortion. 
So it shouldn't be surprising that MSNBC is talking more about it, probably having Cecile Richards and other abortion lobbyists on pretty much around the clock. Then he turns to Bill Carter, former media reporter or TV writer for the New York Times. And Bill Carter, what a hack. Get a load of how he just gets up there and smears all the right-wing media. Fox and the whole right-wing media do not want to ever acknowledge that they're wrong, ever. Their audience will not accept that. They'd never acknowledge that they're wrong. And in this case, you had an attorney general in, in Ohio who couldn't do the same work that a local reporter did. Mm. He said he couldn't find a scintilla of evidence that there was something going on, despite the power that he had. So they put him on to, to spout this, and it really speaks to the idea that mm. everybody shoots from the hip now. They, there was no thought involved in that. They didn't bother saying, well, this case, could this possibly be true? They automatically suspected the timing. Uh, fact check false. Right-wing media never, ever wants to acknowledge they're wrong. Earth to Billy Carter. My work principle is don't say ever or never unless you can back it up. To say the whole right-wing media do not ever want to acknowledge they're wrong, ever. Fox News corrects things. Newsbusters corrects things. I had one a few years ago where NPR and PBS done a poll on the approval for Black Lives Matter. And the numbers were 50% and 33%, and I got it wrong. I said 33% approve of Black Lives Matter, 50% disapprove. I had it exactly wrong. So we corrected it, and I put it on Twitter, I corrected it. Okay, that, so that happens. I'm not proud of that. Nobody wants to have to correct something when you get something that obviously factually wrong. But everyone should. We certainly drive people to make corrections in their stories when there's a falsehood. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with putting posting a correction when it's necessary. Conservative media doesn't have a worse record on this than liberal media. Okay. CNN's been pretty bad at corrections for decades now. How many times has Brian Stelter issued a correction? Eh, you know, Nick Fondacaro and I want to know when he's apologizing for putting on that kook who claimed Donald Trump was going to kill more people than Hitler, Stalin, and Mao combined. He knew that was bananas in real time. Stelter, I think, actually claimed he wasn't listening at that precise moment, like he was staring at his phone. That doesn't help you. You put on a pile of garbage. That's basically, I mean, obviously, oh, well, I was predicting the future. Well, you were predicting a nutty future. Then CNN turns around and tries to shame us for not acknowledging when we're wrong. Television networks in general are pretty bad at corrections. You know, newspapers have the space where they'll put up a little correction on page two or a clarification. You know, anybody who's print and anybody who's online should have a decent uh, uh, ability to post a correction. Uh, TV networks only seem to issue corrections when their lawyers tell them they have to. And you could say that across conservative and liberal networks. You know, there's, there's an unwillingness, really. There is a general reluctance to issue what you might call a correction. You might have made an error and then try not to make it again. Now, Bill Carter went on to say that the right-winger should have never cried hoax because in Ohio, there was 50 cases last year. 
The year before that in Ohio, 63 child rapes. The year after, before that, 50-something. The year before that, 70-something. And this has happened all the time. Stelter recounted what Carter said to him in an email. You said this isn't about right and left. It's about right versus wrong. It's about crimes. Okay, but you know what? If that's true, how come we're just hearing about these child rapes now and not four years ago? And you know, somehow 50 cases is not rare. But if we turn that around and said, oh, there were 53rd trimester abortions in Ohio every year. They would absolutely say that that's rare. 50 child rapes in a year is 50 too many. We can all agree with that. But it's interesting that suddenly they're finding there's a child rape problem that's not being reported because it's a pro-abortion talking point now. But last year or the year before that, it wasn't a pro-abortion talking point or any time over the last 50 years that somebody who raped a child could cover up their crimes by driving the child to the abortion clinic and obliterating the evidence. Suddenly now we're going to get to this, that child rape is not rare. You know, one perpetual malcontent tweeted at me, where's your correction and apology for falsely dismissing as a hoax the story of a 10-year-old girl who was raped and had to get an abortion? So... So let's clarify, as I did on Twitter, I never said this was a hoax. I never said this story was fake. I did say it seemed too good to check when President Biden pounced on this story. That caused Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler to do a fact check. What he found was the Indianapolis Star reporter clammed up. The abortionist didn't want to talk. It looked suspect. So now it's confirmed in part because of the pressure from Kessler and others. And so I'm sorry for the victim that this story is true. And yet we had liberals like Tommy Christopher at Mediaite. What a hack. He's a super hack. Uh, He wrote a piece saying, Glenn Kessler rightly gets kicked all over Twitter by AOC and others for fact check of 10-year-old rape victim story. Tommy wrote, he didn't get kicked hard enough in my view. He claimed Kessler unfairly cast doubt on the story. Yeah, see, they didn't even want it checked. It's unfair to check. He said the mere premise of it was fatally flawed. Because the source was an abortionist. I'm not kidding. He said, this wasn't a single anonymous unattributed source. It was a doctor who went on the record and most crucially and never pointed out by Kessler had literally given all of the information federal law would allow. Well, that's not enough information. It's still a single source and it doesn't matter. Federal law doesn't matter. can still say the story is sketchy. Tommy Christopher loved AOC tweeting, 80% plus of rapes go unreported to police. Should those be treated as false too? Um, guess what, AOC, never a journalist. That should be left out of the newspapers until it's proven true or at least plausible. Just like Tommy Christopher, AOC tried to shame Kessler for attempting to verify the story. She too is in full believe the abortionist mode. The abortionist is always right. The abortionist is always a selfless humanitarian. 
and apolitical, I guess. Then Tommy reproduced his own tweet. He misspelled seriously. We all misspell on Twitter sometimes. And then it was seriously F spelled out Fox News, but also in the F box, Glenn Kessler WP and Scott Jennings KY. The single source was a doctor in all caps who gave her name in all caps and literally all caps could not say more by federal law. He was really in love with this whole argument. Now we know a Fox News host did say the word fake, that it that it was made up. Some used the word hoax. And that, of course, is a favorite Brian Stelter word. He called the entire Fox News channel a hoax. That was the title of his book. Now, if one of us said this story might be fake, that's not the same. That's speculating, which is pretty much what cable news does 24-7. So Glenn Kessler should not be dissed for attempting to verify a story. That's what journalists do. And so when liberal jerks are after journalists for attempting to verify a story, which one of us is anti-media? Leftist Judd Legum tweeted, Kessler repackaged right-wing conspiracies in a veneer of respectability. Yeah, this is where I'm going to defend Glenn Kessler. He checked on it and people were clamming up. He didn't assign Joe Biden any Pinocchios for telling this story about the alleged rape victim. We can guess everyone in Judd Legoland would have wanted Kessler to give Trump four Pinocchios if he was pushing a child abuse story that had a single source. And instead of the Indianapolis Star, let's say it was Breitbart or CNS News or, uh, or some conservative source, source The Blaze. They would want the four Pinocchios for Trump. Kessler wasn't assigning any Pinocchios for Joe Biden on this. You know, it's kind of funny. They think fact checkers are supposed to just evaluate those nefarious right wingers. And somehow to ever question Biden's speeches is repackaging right wing conspiracies with a veneer of legitimacy. Yeah, the veneer is ever taking a conservative accusation seriously. This is the liberal media sensibility, too, that all of the extremism and all of the disinformation and all of the rioting and all of the threats to democracy, everything bad comes from the right wingers. Or at least that's the fairy tale narrative they want to sell. And liberals are always virtuous and never sexually assault anyone. Right, Harvey Weinstein? Right, Slick Willie? Fact-checking could have a veneer of respectability if it seems more concerned with facts and less relentlessly targeting one side of the divide. That has been our case with the so-called independent fact-checkers. They overwhelmingly focus on the conservatives and the Republicans. And if the conservatives and the Republicans are on the wrong side of the facts, that's a legitimate inquiry. Our problem oftentimes is that they're taking, they're throwing Pinocchios or pants on fire uh, allegations on things that they just, that liberals don't like. 
So if Colorado has a law that codifies abortion that you can get it at any time for any reason, when you say at any time for any reason, the fact checkers pounce. Why? Because they don't like the sound of it. It's true, but somehow it's missing context because they don't like the sound of it, even if it's true. That's where fact-checking goes wrong. So if you can't stand the tilt of the fact-checkers or the press releasers and the liberal media, you come to us. You come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day, as much as you can stand. Thanks for listening.